Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Trish Gregory continue with part four of their life-changing series entitled, Folks. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, so... We're talking about folks, right, and, and the relationship goals that we should have with people. Let me preface this. You know, yes, we're talking about a lot of times we might make reference to married couples or parenting, but how many know these are foundational just as Christians? Before we get into the specifics, like on, at the marriage workshop, we're diving into the specifics as it pertains to your relationship with your significant other. But these are foundational behaviors that we should aim to adopt and, and, and operate in as we are interfacing with all different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But they are specifically and significantly true in our very intimate and personal relationships, such as our spouse, yep. our children, mm-hmm. or our loved ones, all right? Mm-hmm. Foundational scripture for this series is found in Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 12, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Again, this chapter is the foundational, it contains the foundational scripture upon which Linked Up Church was built, because Pastor Gregory and I, we're committed to the building of relationships, not just your interpersonal relationships with those around you, but this relationship most importantly. Your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, you are always dearly and dearly loved by God. So robe yourselves with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble unoffendable in your patience with others. It goes on to say, tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. We all have been forgiven by God. Some of us as recently as three minutes ago, right? (laughs) Goes on to say, if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. Release it to them, for love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. It doesn't say how much money is in your bank account. It doesn't say how much you can quote scripture. It says love is the mark of true maturity. And not just how you love your spouse or your children or those in your household, but love amongst the people Indeed, mind you, God will judge us in our final days, not based off of our sin because we're righteous before him through the blood of Jesus, but how we treated him and how we treated each other. Amen. So in the context of what we're talking about in this series, today's focus is conflict. We know the currency for relationships in the kingdom is the words that come out of our mouth, right? And Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. And so we really have to discipline ourselves. And it takes time. It takes a lot of times in the word, your prayer life, disciplining yourself to think about what you say before you say it. But you have to remember, even if I'm dealing with a bad situation, how I many you know I still would rather speak life into it? 
than death, right? And so it's still worth it to at least speak what I want and not what I'm actually dealing with, right? Because death and life is in the power of my word. So I want to speak life into my situations. So, and so if I could interject real quick there. So oftentimes when we're going through something and we feel the need to tell our spouse, tell our cousin, tell our sister or our brother, tell mama and them, tell our friend, our coworker, we're giving, if we have, we're created in the image of God. Right. And truly, life and death are in the power of the tongue. We're feeding a bad situation when we repeat the badness of the situation. Right. Gossip. Yeah, for sure. And it's, now, this might be fact, but the right. more we repeat it, yeah. Yeah. the more life we give it, which is why in our minds, it becomes bigger than the victory that God has gave, given us over it. Because we're not speaking the victory or the life to it. That's good. You understand? That's good. That's good. All right. And so in review, conflict resolution, uh, we gave the definition of conflict. We gave the definition of resolution. And those together simply stated conflict resolution is the effort to come into an understanding and agreeable state of functional existence between two or more people, groups or parties. So remember, when it's more than one person, the ideal is, especially when it's male and female, because we don't see anything alike, right? We can look at the same situation and we'll draw a different conclusion because we don't process information the same way. So the goal is not for us to think alike. The goal is for us to think together and to figure out how our differences in terms of how we see this, how can can we make them agreeable so that we can move down the road in our relationship, okay? And so resolution, we always want to think about how do I resolve something and not how I contribute further to its demise. So if I'm thinking resolutions, I'm trying to come into some kind of agreement with the person that I'm communicating with so that we can make progress, okay? Then she read from Philippians chapter 4, 2, and 3. We gave you the conflict resolution blueprint in Matthew chapter 18. A lot of good information under that. Then we talked about conflict resolution skills. Number one is initiative. And so, you know, if you've got two people and neither one of them are making any effort to solve the problem, how many know you're going to be at a standstill? Somebody has to take the initiative and say, I want to move on and beyond this. Because so we talked about that. Because time does not heal all wounds. How many of y'all have heard that saying, time heals all wounds? That's how many so know time true. does not heal all wounds? Actually, the more time it goes unresolved, it gets worse. Mm -hmm. Okay? Excellent, babe. All right? And so from there, we talked about uh, humility, right? The pursuit of peace over personal victory. So a lot of people, they're more concerned about winning than they are pursuing peace in a relationship. But always remember this. If we're in a relationship and I win and she loses, how many know I still lost? It's only a win if we both win in that relationship. So we talked about all of those things. We looked at a counter practice called competition, right? A lot of couples and people that are in relationship compete against each other. How do you compete against yourself? If the two are actually one, then there is no competition, right? When she wins, I win. And when I win, she wins. So what we should be trying to do is always help each other win because helping her win helps me me win. Can you all see that? So competition cannot be a part of it. And then we're going to pick up today with point number three on compromise. Number three in conflict resolution, there has to be compromise. Yes. Now, let's make it clear online and in the building. I am not talking about compromising the word of God 
or the standard of God as far as holiness is concerned, right? I am talking about compromising your will in the situation. We cannot win if there's, a little, if there's not a give and take on both sides right. or all sides of the situation. Right. Sometimes we just have to pick up the slack, but there are times where someone else is going to have to pick up the slack on us. And guess who makes it good no matter what? God. God makes it good no matter what. How many of you worked on teams uh, at work or in school? You've been a part of a team. There was a project that involved two, three, four, five, six, seven people or departments. And you had somebody in that team, on that team that just was not pulling their weight. But the reward or the demise fell on all y'all. And you got mad at the one that wasn't pulling their weight. Right? And there engages or has to engage some type of conversation. Some type of compromise needs to be done because sometimes you might need to sow that seed in that situation. But then you will reap it later on. That's right. Listen to what Philippians chapter 2 in the Common English Version says. This is Paul in prison. And as I said before, his perspective now is broad because he's saying, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the gospel. Right. It's not about me. It's about people being saved. It's not about me. It's about eternity. It's not about me. It's about glorifying God. And he says in Philippians 2 verse 2, he says, now make me completely happy. Live in harmony by showing love for each other. Be united in what you think as if you were only one person. Wow. What? He's not talking about uh, saints or spouses now. He's not talking about people who are married. He's talking about the body of believers. Live in harmony with one another as if you were operating in one mind. How about that for your shanana? Right? And so when we don't want to compromise, when we think that my way is the best way or the only way, we do not win. And nor are we operating in love because God is the author and finisher of our faith. And if we are believers, we understand that he has multiple ways to skin a situation. That's right. I love what Ralph Ellison said in the book Invisible Man. He said, life is to be lived, not controlled. And humanity is one by continuing to play in the face of certain defeat. In other words, what he was talking about there that, listen, it might not be going down the way it needs to go down, and it might not even be right, but I still have to be engaged because eventually there's going to be a winner. That's right. But it's the one that endures to the end that wins, right? And so he's saying that humanity is one in this way. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16 says in the uh, Passion Translation. He says, for his body, Jesus' body, has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. Your gifts, your talents, your degrees, your accomplishments, your, your innate abilities, your strength. It is not for you. It's not just for your four and no more. Or five or six if you're the bushes. <laughs> but it is for other people. Right. And if you understand that you have to compromise or have to think beyond yourself, 
then it engages and allows God to deal with other people, and he will, he will move chess pieces across that board to get the right people to you to reciprocate that same type of compromise, that same type of grace, that same type of favor. He, it said, I went on to write here, no one person is able to do it all successfully, but everyone has become a critic. No one can do anything for successfully, but it's funny to me how in this day and age, so many people have adopted the position of being a critic. You know, armchair coaches, backseat drivers. And then it's because, and, and then the reason being, just as just the, this is biblically speaking, because they, people aim in, their la, in these last days to be a hoarder of authority, power, and glory. Lust of the flesh, lust of the, uh, lust of the eyes, and the vanity of life. This is the counterpractice. This is how people tend to act in society today when it comes to conflict and this notion of compromise. The counterpractice is control. Control, where one party decides, forget, you know what, forget y'all, I'll just do it. Just give it all to me and I'll just do it. And that is so unhealthy and so counterintuitive of the will of God. Because when you take on the responsibility of doing something that was meant for a multitude of people to do, you fail in the overall accomplishment. And the enemy would have you to think that you're more successful alone. And then the more successful alone you think you are, the more you'll function in that realm. And then you're wondering why your body's breaking down, why your relationships are fractured, why you're not at peace, why you seem, feel like everyone is against you and not for you, because you've already demonstrated, I don't want or need you all. Right? This is what Exodus 18, verses 17 says in the New Living Translation. 17 and 18, he says, this is Jesse, Moses' father-in-law, talking to him. Because Moses was at the helm and he was taking care of business, y'all, but he was wearing thin. And this is what Jesse said to him. He said, it is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. You know, oftentimes... We think that with the successes that we see today are based off of the individuals or individual that might be at the head of it. But no person got anywhere by themselves. That's right. Linked Up Church did not get here by ourselves. Pastor Gregory did not get here without me. And Lord knows I, I didn't get here without him. But guess what? We didn't get here without those seven people in our dining room and living room like Tonette. Back in 2014, helping to get things together, we serve and minister to right around six to seven thousand people a week, between online and in this building. That's how many people we reach a week. There is no way that two people can do that without a wonderful staff. We have an awesome staff. We have a dynamic staff. We have a talented and gifted staff. And they're all gifted in their own way, right? We don't always like each other. In fact, when I hire them, when we hire them and bring them on, they all sit down with me. And I let them know, listen, we will have conflict. There will be seasons that we don't like each other. And that's okay. 
As long as we talk about it, we will be all right, but we all have to love one another. That's right. And love is what will compel us to a conversation. Love is what will compel us to humility. Love is what will compel us to grace and mercy. And ultimately, love is what will propel us to win. Now, we serve that many people. I tell you, the Department of Labor, the IRS, uh, our accountants, ADP, our payroll people, all of them are like, how do you get this done? It's miraculous that you all are able to do what you do at the level that you do it with, with 35 people on staff, and 50% of them are, are part-time. How do you do that? Well, yes, there's a, there's a God factor, because Lord knows we can do nothing without him, and he has graced us to do what we do. But even beyond our wonderful, awesome, mighty, talented, and gifted staff members, we have a dream team, y'all. And our dream team gets it done. Our dream team this morning, Pastor Gregor and I pulled on the parking lot at 652 thinking that, oh, you know, they're just setting up. No, Mike and all of them, the parking lot team already had cones out, lights on, set up, moved cars, lined up. The, the, the media department and the sound department and the music department was already, well, definitely the sound department was already here, parked over in their parking spots. They get things done. Yeah. So that's the 100% club right there, right? But that 100% club, the 80% of that club is the dream team. 20% is the staff. Mm -hmm. And wherever the dream team might lack or slack, our staff has to make that up. That's right. They have to be willing to compromise their positions, their roles, their titles. You know how many times Pastor Gregory came out here to move chairs? Pastor Gregory, not special, but his heart makes him special. Compromising those things and not thinking that we're too good for certain responsibilities is what, is what makes the dream work. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So when we're willing to compromise, we're willing to, in other words, relinquishing our will and our attitude, and our position, or, and or title, to get things done, we ultimately win. Mm -hmm. yep. I ain't got nothing else to say. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And so when I think about compromise, right, in the context of any type of relationship, just think this way. I don't get everything that I want. She doesn't get everything that she wants. I have to give up a little. She has to give up a little in order for us to gain something greater that either one of us could have achieved on our own. That's right. Do you all see that? I have to give up a little. She has to give up a little. So I'm telling you, listen, if you're single out there, don't get married if you're not willing to compromise. Ooh, and not Lord. go into that and say, I'm not changing. This is who I am. You knew that when you married me. It wasn't a problem when we were dating. It shouldn't be a problem. Let me tell you, after you all get married, you're not dating anymore. So the expectations are going to change. That's right. That's right. Okay? Just That's wanted to right. throw that out. Let's talk about focus. Number four, Ooh, focus on good. the real issue. Focus on the real issue. Let's go to Numbers chapter 12. You ever talk to someone about one thing and then you ask them a question about this and they start talking about something else? Anybody ever had to deal with that kind of situation, right? And so <laughs> the real issue is over here, but because they don't want to address it, they go somewhere else, right? 
then we have to spend all our time trying to get them back over here because this is the real issue that we're trying to address. Let's read Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. English Standard Version says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. So notice, his issue with Moses, uh, the real issue is he is upset because Moses has married what? Now, in case you don't understand what a Cushite woman is, she was black. And so I just want to be clear. God has never, ever been, it's not an issue with God when you marry outside of your race. That's an issue with us, not with God. The issue with God is always, whose God do you serve? So he doesn't want you marrying someone that does not serve and worship him. He doesn't care anything about the color of your skin. I need a little bit better amen in here. I tease my daughter all the time. She's a quarter Korean. I said, I always tell her, I wouldn't be surprised if you bring home uh, Kim Young-un or somebody. <laughs> and, and she laughs and we joke, but I really wouldn't. Because at the end of the day, as long as he loves God and he's committed to treating her good for the rest of his life, he's going to be my son and I'm going to treat him like my son for the rest of my life because it will never have anything to do with the color of his skin. But Miriam and Aaron, they're speaking against Moses, which is really a diversion. You'll see it in a moment because of the Cushite woman uh, whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. Verse 2, and they said, has the Lord indeed only spoken through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Right? So really they're using the distraction of the Cushite woman to try to draw the Israelites after them when God had chosen Moses to be their leader. Okay, And so really the goal here is to, in, in any form of communication, stay on topic and focus on what the real issue is at hand, okay? And I'm going to use an illustration in a moment. Let's talk about a counterpractice. A huge counterpractice that we do as human beings is something called avoidance, right? And so if that deflect mechanism doesn't work where we try to talk about something else, then we just try to avoid it altogether. So the way guys will do that is they just won't come home. Or if they do come home, they'll go in the man cave, right? And they'll do everything that they can do to just... Just avoid being around what the real issue is because they really don't want to deal with that. So how many of you know the real issue never goes away and the longer you avoid it, all it does is just keeps building and building and building until one day it explodes. Okay, so avoidance. No one takes action or responsibility to address the real issues. And then watch this. Then everyone suffers. So now if there are children involved, I mean, no, the children are now suffering because of the parents' behavior. Right? Yep. And so now the, the parents can make an issue that the kids didn't have anything to do with. But because they can't resolve their conflict, right, now they can easily take that out on other people. All right. This is how important this is, okay? This is what Desmond Tutu said. He said, my humanity is bound up in yours, for we can only be human together, right? And so I want to go all the way back to why this series started, right? So if you don't know how to communicate, then you cannot resolve conflict. 
you cannot resolve conflict, then you cannot create and set new expectations. If you can't set new expectations, then you can't create boundaries, right? And so here's an example of sometimes how uh, people will skirt issues, issues that are really the real issue. They'll kind of go around it and they'll try to deal with it this way. Babe, did you eat another donut? Yeah, I ate another donut. What? Oh, go on. Ate another Why donut. Then they'll go over to the donut. pantry, right? I just bought these Girl Scout cookies. Did you just eat a whole Why are you row? counting Girl Scout cookies? Did you just eat a whole row of these Girl Scout Why are you Girl counting Girl Scout cookies, though? Then they go out to dinner later on. She orders a, her meal, right? Are you really getting ready to eat all of that? Never mind what I'm about to eat. Why are you so consumed with what I'm about to eat? So notice, because he's trying to avoid what the real issue is, is the real issue the donut the cookies or her eating her whole meal? Can anybody tell me what's the real issue? I didn't say, see, look at you. I didn't, that, she said it, but I didn't say that. What, what's the real issue? He wants her to lose some weight, right? And so, and how many know this works both ways? It's not just him to her. You know, it might go this way on his end. Boy, look like you ate a real good meal today. Boy, look like... Boy, look like you ate a lot today, boy. Look at, oh, stomach just resting on your, on your belt buckle there, whatever, right? And, and so what happens is they end up starting to jab each other. Picking on one another. Picking on each other instead of having a healthy com- uh, conversation around it, right? It can even go into money, right? 80, did you? Who spent, now you know who spent it. Who spent this $80? <laughs> And on Amazon, you see, only two people you, you, use this car. See, he didn't spend it. Who you, spent this money? Know, it was for you. I didn't need that. And I, I didn't ask for, for that. Yes, you did. No, no, no. No, I, I didn't need that. You, if I needed it, I would have bought it for myself. No. Why would I even talk to you about it? It's you an issue. You just want to pick on me about to. finances. So, so hold on. See, that's why we can't get nowhere. Because the more money I make, the more you spend. Now, then, 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 then what, what are we going to do about it? See, see, I tell you, I can think of a lot of things I can do about it. And you see how people do instead of having a healthy conversation around, watch this, the first issue was weight gain, right? So what they should have did was came together and say, hey, babe, let's have a healthy conversation around weight, a healthy lifestyle, a healthier lifestyle, right? And then let's both work on this together. pray on that first, depending on, you know. (laughs) What? Sometimes people can a good conversation is good, but they got to pray on how to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. That's what we've been telling them all the way up to this point. And so, you know, agree to have a healthy conversation around a healthier lifestyle. Exactly. If it's financial, why am I going to get upset about what she spent if I never sit down and talk to her about what we have and create a budget, right? that we both can work within to get what she needs out of the household income, get what I need out of the household income, but still accomplish our goals together, right? And so think about it. We're fighting over something that we've never had a healthy conversation around so that we can understand and resolve the conflict so that we can set some new expectations and then create boundaries so that we don't treat each other like this again. See, in life, folks, I do not get to treat her the way I want to treat her and keep her. I have to treat her the way she expects to be treated based off of how she's communicated to me. 
If I want to keep her and have something healthy and I actually love her, then I'll respect that. And then we'll begin to work together, grow together so that we can have a healthy marriage. Because I don't know about you. I don't want to live with somebody I don't like. I want to spend all of my life fighting and arguing and bickering. Hello, somebody. I want to get along and resolve conflict and move to the next level. Exactly. And I cannot hold him or anyone else for that matter responsible for how I'm feeling if we didn't talk about it. Like I got osmosis or something. Like I just know how you Telekinesis can just... Telekinesis. Just move stuff and and make stuff be known. I can't hold anyone responsible for what I failed to communicate, especially if I did not communicate the specific or the real issue. If I skirted around a situation, how many know they, they, they don't know? So they're going to address the skirted issue. You know, I tell people all the time, when you're trying to appeal to people and you're trying to win people, be your authentic self. Because if you're somebody else, they will either like you or not like you based off of the representative, and you fail anyway. Know people and show people who you really are. Be your authentic, true, best self. So that if they reject you or accept you, it's off of who you are and not who you try to be. Excellent. Amen. Amen. The last point in conflict resolution, um, it's not the overall last, but this is the last of the top five, is to remain gracious, gentle, and patient. Is to remain gracious, gentle, and patient. We've shared a lot of information. The Bible has a lot of information to share. Some of you are getting downloads just in your spirit in areas where you're asking questions. So should I not? Should I do this? All this shoulda, woulda, couldas and stuff like that, right? But you're not going to be perfect or have perfected this tomorrow. That's right. Nor can you expect whoever you talk to to get this corrected and perfected tomorrow. So you're going to need to be gracious, gentle, and patient as they continue to uh, develop and grow. If I'm talking about spouses here, or if I'm talking about my child or my children, I have to give them space to grow. Because in a spouse situation, they've been like this for 30, 40, 50 years. And I'm just now talking to them about this. I can't expect them to change this tomorrow. But ongoing conversations and rewards, I'm encouraging him just as much as I'm telling him what I need, helps this gracious gentle, and patient process develop and mature in that other individual. Listen to what 2 Timothy verse 2 and 24 says in the Passion. He says, for a true servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if there's a true servant, can there be a false servant? Yes. Yes, there can, because here is who it is. For a true servant of our Lord Jesus Christ will not be argumentative, but gentle toward all and skilled in helping others see the truth. Having great patience toward the immature. That's good. Whoa, ho. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. He says there that a true servant of our Lord will not be argumentative. Will not be argumentative, but gentle toward all and skilled in helping others see the truth. Having great patience toward the immature. And just because you might be greatly mature in one area does not mean that you may be That's so good. mature in other areas. Right. Amen? Amen? I still got a lot of maturing to go 
I mean, I've come a long way, but I've got a lot more maturing to accomplish in my temper. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need, you need, to, you need to shut that down. You, you need to stay in your corner. You need to stay in your corner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Y'all going to pray for him tonight, right? Now, you just said you need help in that area. Let God help you. Let <laughs> I ain't confessing my faults to you. <laughs> but then he says, being patient toward all, skilled to see, help others seeing the truth, having great patience toward the immature. Yeah. And so what, like he said, what I, he needs from me, he has to communicate that to me. That's right. I have to own it and work towards developing it and vice versa, even with your children. You cannot discipline and deal with your children the exact same way especially if they're a boy and a girl. You, the Holy Spirit uniquely made them just like he uniquely made you. And you know that you need to be dealt with in a certain way. Right. Your children need to be known and loved according to who they are and not this playbook that you had from when you was a kid and now you want to enforce this That's on them. True. That's true. That's true. We were so guilty of when I was a kid, this, this, and this happened. When, how I many had you, to walk eight miles of school. With when a I was a kid, school. I got popped in the mouth for just looking crazy, right? <laughs> my son said, I can't relate to that because this is my life right now. And my daughter let us know, yeah, that's when you were a kid. This is me now, right? So we have to deal with even our children after who they are, right? And then be gentle and gracious and patient with them as they continue to develop. The counter practice, though, oftentimes is being too accommodating, i.e. enabling. Mm. Where one party is willing to forfeit their position and it ends up making the situation worse makes it worse most often. There's a fine line between helping and enabling. And at some point, you have to pull back and allow God to be God because you cannot take a throne that you did not die for by being somebody's God of help, of deliverance, of financial need. You cannot be that. That's right. And oftentimes, when they come back to you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, forty-nine times... <laughs> Is because you have trained them that that's what they need to do, and you inadvertently become their God in that area. And you never move out the way to allow God be God. Yeah, in their lives. In their lives. That's good. And it's oftentimes easy for parents to make this mistake because we don't want to see our children fail. And depending on the degree of failure, we don't want to be embarrassed. Because the enemy will convince us that we failed at our parenting when our child made a, made a bad decision. Being a parent takes humility. That's right. Because you have to be willing to go through the trenches with them so that they can develop and be the best them that they can be, even right. if it means you have to just love them through their suffering. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 12, 16 in the Passion Translation says, If you shrug off an insult and refuse to take an offense, you demonstrate discretion indeed. But the fool has a short fuse and will immediately let you know when he's offended. See, it's okay to shrug off an offense, 
as in not personalize it, but he didn't say not talk about it. Jesus is our supreme example. He let them know when he was mad. He tossed the tables, took out that whip. <laughs> he let them know. However, he didn't keep it. He kept it moving, yeah. right? Yeah. Proverbs 15, 1 in the message says, A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Yeah. Yeah. A gentle tongue diffuses anger. So in your gentleness, in your kindness, in your grace, and in your patience, you can continue to coach and talk them through a situation whether it's a coworker, your child, your spouse, continue to do that, but not start attacking them right. in their growth process. Right. And understand this. When you're talking about grown folks, grown folks want to see effort. Yeah. We want to see effort, and with effort comes progress. I can deal with that all day long. Mm -hmm. It's when you just keep doing the same old thing that I'm like, Father, long-suffering, Father, I need long-suffering. Hambashi, <laughs> long-suffering, she never right? Yeah. And that's where we need to park ourselves because guess what? God has been long-suffering, gracious, patient, and gentle towards you. He has been all that towards you. And when you understand how much grace you've needed, he will always supply you with that in dealing with other people. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Are you all getting anything out of this today? All right, so we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up, uh, just the conflict resolution portion of it. How many of you all are single in here? Raise your hand if you're single, not married, right? Praise God, all right? That's a healthy portion of the people, right? So I just want to really remind us that conflict is unavoidable. Yes, Lord. Right? And so, you know, if you just think back over the course of your life and think about maybe how many boyfriends you've had, how many girlfriends you had. I just want you to think about each of those relationships, why they started and why they stopped. Right? So a lot of times we think it was them and not me. Right? But if I keep going into a new relationship and history keeps repeating itself, how I many you know at some point I've got to look at myself? Right? And so I really want to encourage your hearts today that if you ever, it's, it's foolish to believe that I'm just going to get rid of this relationship and get a new one and things are going to be better if I never change. Mm -hmm. So if I never learned how to communicate in my previous one, if we never learned how to resolve conflict, if we never created new expectations, right? If we didn't set new boundaries, I mean, I have not grown. That's right. So I just take myself into a new situation, right? And if you understand relationships, it's only fun at first. Yep. Until we start seeing who we really are. And then that vicious cycle starts again. Then God forbid we start having sex with people, right? We're really marrying, divorcing, marrying, divorcing, marrying, divorcing, marrying, divorcing. So when we really do get married, that behavior has become so dysfunctional that we still solve our problems the same way we leave. And you know what? Amen. It, that's good. And who we are will show up. Yeah, every time. Every time. So not just in that relationship, but that's going to show up in the job. Yeah. Your interactions with other people. Mm -hmm. It'll show up in the drama that continues to happen between you and your friends. Mm -hmm. Among the family members, yeah. who you are will always show up. Yeah. 
And when that person shows up, you have to be humble enough to take a good look at the man in the mirror and say, I need to make some changes yep. because the world is not going to adapt to you. That's right. All right. So, so the lesson, your takeaway, your previous relationship, what inspires your ability to communicate. That's how far that relationship went. Then soon as conflict presented itself and it couldn't be resolved, that relationship stopped. So in a lot of cases, it wasn't that I didn't have a good situation that we could not have been good together. That wasn't the issue. The issue was we can't resolve conflict. And if we can't resolve conflict, we cannot progress in our relationship. So it stopped where the conflict started. Okay, let's read these last two verses. We'll let you go for today. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read 17 through 19 out of the Message Bible. It says, don't hit back. See, don't try to get even with people. Discover beauty in everyone. So while they're talking bad about you, give them a compliment. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Amplified Classic says it. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So it says, if you've got it in you, get along with everyone. So notice, at least do your best to get along with the people that you love. So now you can at least walk away with peace in your heart, knowing you did everything you could to resolve the conflict. The challenge is it takes two people to actually resolve it. And if they didn't want that, at least you did the best you could. All right, let's keep on reading here. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. God said, I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. So you don't have to try to prove who's right or wrong in that situation. You just be right with God and let God judge it. And how many know he's never judged a situation wrong in his entire life, okay? Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, 8 through 12 out of the Message Bible. And let's all stand to our feet. We're going to close with this verse. Let's all stand to our feet. Listen to this. This is so powerful. It's a complimentary text to Romans chapter 12. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible, verses 8 through 12. It says, summing up, be agreeable. Now, that's what we talked about earlier, right? We don't always have to agree, but we have to learn how to be agreeable. It says here, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions. Listen to what he says, no retaliation, no sharp tongue sarcasm. How many of y'all can cut a person in a minute? Come on, let's be honest in here. Don't, don't lie in the house of God. Raise your hand. How many of y'all can cuss? I mean, cut a person. And, and they didn't even know they got cut. They just bleeding, just leaving, bleeding. And they didn't realize you just sliced them. Be honest. How many of y'all can right, listen to what the Word of God says? It says here, this is so good, folks. That goes to all. No exceptions. No retaliation. No sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. So while they're being sarcastic, return a blessing to them. Demonstrate your maturity in that moment. While they're acting low, you go high. I think it was a prophetess that said that. What did the prophetess that said? When they go low, you go high. What, what prophetess was that? Was that Michelle? Obama? Okay, all right. She's not a prophetess. But those were some powerful words right there, right? All right, so watch this now. So then you bless. So, you, so when they're retaliating and doing all of that, sharp tongue sarcasm, instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. 
you'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Isn't that good? See, see, you'll be a blessing, but you'll also get a blessing. So while they're arguing, going off, doing all that stuff, you say, but I love you. And you look good today. I like that dress on you. I ain't talking about my dress right now, blah, 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 blah. And you just keep being who you are and let them be who they are. Come on, somebody. It's good right here. Not, not, not only, I love what the language says here. You'll be a blessing, but watch this. You'll also get a blessing. Yes. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good. How many of y'all want more good days than bad days? This is how he said to do it. Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all of this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those, those who do evil things. So now you have to ask yourself, which side of that do I want to be on? Do I want to let them drag me in the mud, right, and stop me from being a blessing and also receiving a blessing? Or do I want to stay in the arena of what pleases God? Right? So that his blessing can remain on my life. I believe I'm in a room with some smart people. That's right. How many of y'all would rather stay on the blessing side versus the evil side? Right? So now, this is what I want to do today. If you're truly wise, right, and you have done an inventory, an audit of all of your previous relationships, you can draw a conclusion that I am a constant in all of my relationships. Right? And so if I don't change, then all of my future relationships will look like my past relationships. Right? And so if I don't know God, I don't have the capacity to change the way we've just ministered it to you. So the first relationship you want to get right is your relationship with God. Once you get your relationship right with God, how I many you know now it's easy to get my relationship right with other people? Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away. And you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. 
For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you. Thank you.